Agenda-setting conversations of the day. Well, five minutes to eight the time. Uh, just sort of continuing in a way the conversation around uh, foreign nationals. On Friday, the Home Affairs Department gazetting a new white paper that would look at citizenship, immigration, and the protection of refugees. And the minister, Dr. Erin Mutsoledi, proposing that South Africa, I think temporarily, withdraw from the 1951 Refugee Convention. Now, as I understand it, there's a series of conventions, a series of treaties that South Africa has signed up to through the United Nations that looks at how we deal with refugees. The minister's argument, as I understand it, is that many countries signed up to those conventions with certain uh, guarantees in place that would allow them to make certain decisions. And we did not. We just simply adopted them. I'm sure other countries have adopted them too. So how do these work? Professor Joe Vieri is uh, at the Witt Center for Migration and Society. It's the study of migration, if you like. Professor Very, good morning. Good morning. The Refugee Convention of 1951, and I presume it was coming after the Second World War, there'd been a huge movement of people, there were refugees in many countries. What does it actually do? What does a country that belongs to it have to do? Um, so the UN Convention is an incredibly important piece of guiding legislation at the national at the international level which assures the right and individuals to seek asylum so people who are fleeing persecution and in various forms are awarded the right to apply for asylum um, in a safe country does it mean then if we sign up to it we have to give a particular person asylum or can we decide whether to give them asylum or not so what happens is an asylum application is reviewed by refugee status determination officers who make decisions around whether an individual has a um, case to make for being awarded a refugee status. So essentially every application is reviewed and decisions are made on the basis of that review. We have a very large backlog of asylum seeker applications. Um, and so what we're seeing also outlined in the international, in the, um, international Migration White Paper is recognition of delays and um, challenges mm. within the ways in which the department itself is operating. Okay, I think the minister himself said the system was unworkable. Um, what I'm trying to get to is, so say, for example, two countries are next to each other and they receive someone who is seeking asylum. Could one country accept that person under the treaty and one person not accept that person under the treaty? What I'm trying to get to is, do we get to decide, to make a ludicrous example, that we will accept people who are left-handed, who have a fear of persecution, and another country may not? Do we get to decide who we take? Yes, that's where the refugee status determination process um, comes in, and at the national level, applications are reviewed and decisions are made. Okay, so then could our courts also, flowing from the Constitution, decide what happens? As I understand what the Minister is saying, some countries signed these treaties in a way that allowed them a little more control than others, and he suggests we should sort of leave them and I think rejoin them with those controls. Is he correct that other countries have done that? They've sort of opted out of certain provisions? Yes, um, several countries globally have done so, um, but those are often considered to be countries with poor practice in the ways in which they are considering the issue of asylum seeking. And what's particularly unfortunate is in the South African context, um, our Refugee Act, as it currently stands, is considered globally good practice. And it's it's unfortunate that we're thinking about changing that, um, particularly because the numbers of people who are seeking asylum, the numbers of people who are in the country with refugee status are far lower than many people think.
Okay, uh, and I realize we go to the census and debates around that. Um, there's a perception, I think, that many people are here who maybe, and I think the sort of anecdotal story would be, I go to a spaza shop, every spaza shop that I see is run by a, a Bangladeshi people or people from India. They're not South African. They're not even Southern African. Um, whether that matters or not is a different story. And these people will have applied for refugee status somehow um, and probably won't get it but because the wait is so long while they're here they're allowed to work and I realize South Africa took a decision a long time ago not to stick people in refugee camps but to allow them to work for themselves in society now are these people really applying for asylum has something else gone wrong because there's a big difference between an asylum seeker and an economic migrant we have to be very careful about various issues here I mean one is the perception, as you say, that um, foreign nationals are overrepresented in certain forms of the informal economy. Second is the assumption that people don't have valid um, permits giving them the right to work. And thirdly, the debate that is ongoing around who is applying for the for asylum um, versus using the Immigration Act to apply for other forms of um, regular status within the country. We have a very restrictive Immigration Act, um, and it is becoming increasingly restrictive. And this is presenting huge challenges for individuals who are working, contributing to the fiscus to ensure that they can continue to hold a regular status in the country. It's important to also recognize people do not want to be undocumented. People do not want to have a situation where their visas um, have expired and they're unable to renew them. And this is a, a large tension that we see playing out in the South African con context. And as you say, often our policy processes are being determined by rhetoric and political um, sort of mongering around assumptions on being able to scapegoat and blame foreign nationals for failures in the state to deliver particular um, interventions effectively in the way that they should be doing so. Professor Joe Veri, thank you. At the Witt Centre for Migration and Society. You were there, CFM, leading the conversation. It's